everybody. Hey, we here. We sure are. We are. Or are we here? Oh, ooh, back in audio form, He's everybody. sitting right behind you. There's someone in that chair. That wasn't even in the know, movie. Yeah, just, just trailer bait. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to the Love Watch Podcast. We're back in podcast form. Yeah, you know, we've had some thoughts um, that we'll let you in on. Uh, Ricky and I are both... Ricky's kind of more focused on writing, though he's also an actor. Mm-hmm. I'm we're almost the exact opposite. I'm more yeah. focused on acting, but I also write. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just realized that doing reviews as much as we were doing them, making content in that form was close to what we wanted to do with our Mm. careers, but it wasn't exactly there. And so we've decided to take a step back so that we can make some content that uh, relies more on our strengths and more on our interests of study so that Mm. we're not just making something beneficial for others. We're also doing something beneficial for ourselves. Right. Yeah. uh, We, we agreed that, we, we really enjoy doing the podcast together, and we, we enjoy talking about movies together a lot. It's one of the things that we really connect on. Um, but yeah, uh, taking that much time to make it so much a bigger part of our lives is not really what we want to ultimately do. Um, but we didn't want to get rid of the co- pod, the podcast. The podcast. Uh, yeah, the podcast completely. Well, we do always have a plate of cod on the table when we record I had this, salmon for lunch so, today. Yeah, so. there you go. Uh, but uh, yeah, we didn't want to completely get rid of the podcast. Uh, so we're going to be scaling it back probably maybe like a bi-weekly or maybe you know, a monthly thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. And just before we jump in, um, we are going to be having more content coming in the future. We're going to mm-hmm. take some time to prep that stuff and also start just creating original content Mm -hmm. Uh, because again that is really more in line with what we want to do in the long run anyway Um, and so that is our plan Mm -hmm. today we will talk about the invisible man yeah not not the original invisible man not the remake the the, the newest invisible man that came out this year Um, just two weeks ago yeah starring Elizabeth Moss uh, written and directed by Lee Winnell um, Justin, uh, you saw this movie right before I did. You actually saw it just like literally like a day before me. Yeah. Uh, what were your first, uh, I guess, leading up to this film, what were you feeling about this movie? What were your expectations going in? And then kind of how did this film either meet or exceed those expectations? When I first saw the trailer, I thought this looked like one of the stupidest films I'd seen in a long time. Yeah. I just really thought, okay, you're taking this Invisible Man story, which isn't exactly a horror. It's more like a mm-hmm. almost an existential study of what it would mean to actually be invisible. Mm-hmm. And you're making it into just a straight-up horror film. And I just thought, that's so corny. Even the trailer when she's getting dragged around by nothing, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see it was getting amazing reviews. Uh, made me qu- pretty excited to see it. And uh, I went and saw it in IMAX and... Yeah, I was blown away by it, man. I um, really enjoyed Elizabeth Moss's performance. I think she's fantastic. I think uh, it's one of the deeper films I've seen, uh, horror films at least I've seen in a while. I think it touches on uh, the Me Too movement in a really interesting way. Um, I had a lot of fun thinking about it after the fact, and I really enjoyed my experience uh, in the theater as well. I think we'll probably get into this. The best part about the Invisible Man being the monster is that there is an omnipresent feeling mm-hmm. that he is just always there and you don't see him, you don't know what he's doing. Right. And so there is just this um, profound tension that is creeping through you the entire film, mm-hmm. which I thought was handled uh, very well. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What was it like? Yeah, um, I had similar fears to you um, where I saw these trailers and I was like, you know, I'd heard about this movie before I saw the trailers and I was very excited for it. I was hoping that uh, Lee Winnell was going to do something a little bit more... Um, 
a little bit more engaging and a little bit more, uh, um, gosh, what's the word? Uh, in depth, you know, a little bit uh, deeper mm-hmm. than uh, what this movie was being presented as. And so I was a little bummed when I saw the early trailers because I was like, oh, I hope this isn't just one of those types of movies that it looks like it's going to be. Um, but then uh, I, you know, I got in there and very similar to the experience to you, I it was in there. I didn't get to see an IMAX, but I saw it in a great theater. And the experience of seeing this movie was fantastic. Like you saw it with a bigger crowd. Yes, yeah, so I was. Yeah, yeah I was I in a very crowded day. theater. I was in like a Friday night showing mm-hmm. um, in uh, Los Feliz uh, in one of their their like really nice theaters down there, and uh, it was so fun to be in this big crowd of people and hearing how quiet everybody was because everybody was just so focused on on this film, and I was like, at one point there because this movie plays with sound a lot. Like, the, it focuses on, like, very quiet moments because, like, you're, like, trying to look and listen and see if there's any indication that this dude is there. And so everybody's just so focused. And that one moment, it was so quiet. And I was like, oh, wow, it's really quiet in here. I don't think I've ever been in such a big room with so many people and it been so silent. Mm. And you're right. It, c- it comes down to two things why this movie is so successful. Obviously, Elizabeth Moss sells it so well. She Her performance of running that line of completely like crazily depressed and distraught, but also like also riding the line of like maybe psychotic. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, like the movie rides that line for a little while before it makes like a firm decision. I mean, I feel like that was only like 10 minutes. Right. That they were like, is she maybe just, I mean, because it's pretty early on that he pulls the blankets off her and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. well that's not, she's asleep. So right. this isn't some crazy thing she's doing right. to us. I think tell. the movie could have tried to like do I'm like a, a Shyamalanian flip where I'm like she was did. doing it all. And I'm, yeah. I agree. I'm, I was worried that that's what was going to happen. So yeah. at some point in this movie, they're going to do some like flip where it's like, oh, actually she is crazy. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You guys need to know this about our podcast already. You guys know this. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put one ahead of this. Anyway. That's a good idea. Um, the second thing that worked in this movie was the writing and directing by Lee Winnell. The The way he wrote the script, you write, had such deeper themes to like this idea of abuse, abusive relationships and how trauma can kind of like follow you and haunt you if it's not resolved. Mm. Um, and he played with that with that metaphor without like beating it over the head it, like the presence literally the presence there or not there but she always felt it and in that sense we always felt it too yeah um and using the camera to to point at something a empty space in a room yeah it been fun and, and, and have crew, nothing right? happen <laughs> and have nothing happen just like an empty yeah. corner nothing's going on but yet the audience is like Wait, is he there? Oh, yeah. Is he there? there? I feel yeah. like he's there, but like you have no idea, and you have no idea if he was or wasn't in the actual story, which was super fun part of the film too. I really liked it. Quick tangent on your uh, comment about the the theater and everyone being quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how every theater should be <laughs> during movies. I am so I do not need commentary. I am never there to listen to. Jackass two rows behind me give commentary on the film. I do not care about your interpretation. <laughs> and I bet you your friends don't either. <laughs> Please, keep it to yourself. Now, if it's like five weeks into the film, you know, if someone's seeing mm-hmm. Invisible Man three weeks from now and they want to talk, go for it. But, Jesus, man, I, I really, that blows my mind. I've never turned around, but I've definitely given the over-shoulder eye roll. I've done that. <laughs> Very, no, I've never I'm, said anything. I'm with you most of the time. I did go see Onward last week, and there was a little kid in there that when something really awesome happened, they che- they cheered so loud 
They're, they're the only one. Terrible etiquette. I don't like that. <laughs> but it was kind of like, oh, this kid's so into it. No, I wouldn't like that. Aww. Like, taking me out of the movie, kid. This is for me. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I, that is the argument a lot of times people go into, like, like the, the home viewing experience or the theater viewing experience. Like, do you want to go see it with a bunch of people who could potentially, like, change the experience of that movie by just being there? Or do you want to sit at home and watch something by yourself? I don't remember what film this was that I saw, uh, but it was a, a pretty serious one, and there was a nice dramatic turn in it. It was very heartbreaking, and then this woman behind me just goes like, "Oh, that's so sad." I'm like, "Not anymore. <laughs> not nope. It's not anymore." Because you ha- why did you say that? What a stupid thing to say. Just please keep your thoughts to yourself. And what's funny is she's probably so sincere too. She's like, "I hated oh, it." Like she was so. Emotionally in there, she's like, "Oh, that's so sad." Just, and you're just like, "It's like, damn it, lady!" You're ruining the moment. Like, I want to be when I go. That's why when I go to movie theaters, this is like a long tangent now, but I usually try and sit uh, maybe like five rows back so that the screen takes up my whole field of vision, and that way I'm just fully immersed. That's the hope. And so when I have someone just commenting that in the middle of a dramatic scene, it it completely takes me out of it. I typically like to sit in the in the far pretty far back with like a couple of rows maybe in front of the back row. Not terrible. Because for me, I hate that. I know. You know what though? It's because I rarely am focusing down on the people, but if someone's talking behind me, it really bothers me. Mm. Like if someone's behind me and I hear I'm hearing things behind me, yeah. I don't know why, but it, it, it takes yeah. my focus away that more than if someone I hear someone talking in front of me, I can just. You know, I can just that makes sense. Movie. I mean, the, the voice is going out, right? Yeah. yeah. So so I typically, yeah, I like to sit maybe like a couple rows from the back, and that way, even though I'm farther away from the screen, I, I'm more able to then, if someone is talking, just like be, uh, go back to the screen and ignore them rather than getting turned around by them. Yeah. All right, well, that's our Invisible Man <laughs> No, uh, but we, as much as we really like this movie and we were shocked by how, how deep it is and how it, get, it really roots into this idea of like this really abusive relationship. Uh-huh. And how he he digs her claws into her so bad that she has to like drug him to get away from him and and then hide from him and then yeah. even after he's dead she still is like not fully ever comfortable even like even like right after she finds out he's dead she still isn't com- like she goes out to the mailbox once and she's like that's the farthest I've walked that was before she found yeah out. but she even then dead. she doesn't like really. She leaves the house to go find out that he passed, but like she really, right after he dies, isn't. No, I disagree. I fully... think we do see because we see her right get that money and then go buy the mm-hmm. gift, and she's in much better spirits, and they even comment on it. Mm-hmm. So I think we do see somewhat of a change, but it, it quickly starts turning mm-hmm. when she does start noticing the odd things happening. Um, I don't quite remember now because now we uh, we both saw this film yeah like a couple two weeks, weeks ago, now. so I don't remember what the first thing was that, mm-hmm. that led her to think maybe it was like. I, actually, the first thing I think was the fire. Fire, the, yeah. Yeah. And that's the other reason why I don't think they really played with, oh, maybe she's just crazy. Because we see the knife fall. We mm-hmm. see the fire start. And she's not in the room. So it's like, if this is her being crazy, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. It's mm-hmm. clearly the Invisible Man. And, and before we get into how great this film was, I just want to like nitpick. No, I was, I was, I was yeah. just getting ready to get in some nitpicks. When does this guy poop? <laughs> yeah. There, <here's, laughs> when does as, he poop? As good as this he movie is. He has to fart. Everyone farts 12 to 25 times a day. That's an average. 12 to 25? That's what I've heard. Yeah, 12 to 25. So I'm just saying, like, there had to be moments there where they were talking with her and they're like, oh, did, did you just fart? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there are some... So this film... It, honestly, it's very, very good at giving you a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Because there is this this thing of like, 
man, this is some dedication from this dude to like be so on top of this. Yeah. And so it's like it does bring up in the question like, how does he get from place to place? How has no one else seen him go like going from going in different places, getting into the house? He's visible. That's right, but yeah. well, or like driving his car, you know, or did he walk there? Like, where is it? You know, things like that. Yeah, and obviously he's still taking care of his dog that still lives in the house. So like, he's still going back and forth. Yeah, that was so. The there, there is a question of like, how is he physically doing all this stuff? Yeah. Um, but the film is really good at making you just be like, mm, he's that crazy. He could figure it out. He's yeah. a smart guy. Yeah. Um, and, and something that for me, this was the biggest nitpick for me. So, again, spoiler alert, if you're still in this and you, you haven't understood, we're spoiling everything here. No. The suit that he wears to help him make it visible seems like it's it's made up of tiny, tiny cameras. Yeah. It's or not even tiny cameras. Made up of basically these, like, yeah, like, ball, little pinball cameras. Yeah. And they're, they fully surround. So, basically, from what I'm understanding, the cameras are taking in behind him and in front of him. Yeah, and then reflecting and then, and then the other projecting, side, right? right? Yeah. But that shouldn't get rid of shadows. Hmm. Like, he's still blocking the natural light. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah. unless it's projecting light on back onto the surfaces, yeah, he should be should still be leaving shadows all over the place. Oh, yeah, so, you thought about it much deeper. So for me, that was like one thing where like for for was, most of the movie, I was I, far I, more concerned with his farting technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> for, so for me, like that's like just the one thing where I was like, you guys came up with a cool way to make him invisible without it being like super weird like he they laid the groundwork that he's an optics scientist yeah he develops like cameras and things like that so okay cool makes sense that he made like a highly developed camera suit yeah sure I get it that's fine um but again science he's still blocking light his even though like he's like even though the world can't see him the light is still not passing through this suit yeah so there should still be a shadow okay yeah um, but again, like, yeah, this was me thinking about it way after the fact. I wasn't thinking about it during the film. Yeah. Um, there's ways to get away with it if he's careful, like where he's standing in a room and things like that, with like the lights and things like that. I did think of um, at, at the end of the film when he pins it on his brother, mm-hmm. and uh, then they find him like in the house tied up. I, I just thought, well, didn't the cops? I mean, they had pictures of his dead body. So what did they do with that body after the fact? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he it was either like some dummy that he had mm-hmm. made up to look amazingly like him or, or something like that. But wouldn't they then question like, wait, so your brother made a dummy that... Like, well, yeah. It, it could have been that or it could have been a... It just a, seemed a, like they a, really um, were like, well, yeah, clearly it was the brother. And it could have been like, a similar endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. That, how are you guys on this? That part of the story doesn't quite come yeah. together. It's like, why would you... Yeah, there's pictures of his dead body and... Like, maybe that was, like, a, a, a different body. Like, a, you know, yeah. or something like that. But then, even then, it's like, the police are just like, yeah, it was probably the brother. Well, it's the like, no! Like, <laughs> you guys are believing this way too been, easily. She's been riding this whole train with the detective, at least the detective, and I'm assuming he told some other police. I know, she's even in that interrogation room mm-hmm. at one point, so they know this too, that, like, yes, he's turned himself invisible somehow, and he's coming after me to kill me. When they have it revealed that the cops think it's the brother, they're all just like, no, it's definitely the brother. You have no idea what you're talking about. It's like, dude, I just, she was right about an invisible oh, man. man. Give her some credit. Like, she knows. She gets it. Although I do think that plays into the themes of the yeah. movie. So I, of, of I this idea of yeah, the Me Too movement of not believing yeah. a victim and things Regardless, like that. right? Yeah. yeah. Even though she's shown herself to be very credible and correct. Yeah. But there's one detail, they're still like, no, like we don't believe you kind of thing. I, I also thought, 
when her sister gets killed. Ooh, man, that scene. Oh, that made me gasp, yeah. Oh, that scene. It was big. But I did think, like, so no one saw that? It happened I, really fast, though. It did, but then, like, even her hand in, like, the perfect place for him yeah. to like, put it in, and I was just like, I'd see. Yeah, smack. Guess, and, like, not I fumble the, it. I get the shock. <laughs> well, she's in shock, right? So yeah. I, I guess I kind of get that, but I'm just like, so not a single... And I, even if someone saw it, it's like, well, who's going to believe that? And right. They're probably just like, I just, you know... Maybe I didn't see what I thought I, I saw. Yeah, to see the trauma. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, those were like my main nitpicks. Uh, Let's talk about that that scene though. That that dinner scene. Yeah. Uh, were you expecting something like that, or or did that just like completely blindside you? Oh, it definitely blindsided me. Um, but really quick, I'm sorry, I do have another nitpick. Okay. Which is the sister who she gets an email. Uh, so supposedly from Elizabeth Moss, mm-hmm. and it's like calling her out and saying she's terrible and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Moss shows up, and she doesn't know about it, and she's saying how much she, she loves her and she needs her, and the sister's not hearing it. She's like, no, no, you sent that email. I hate you, so whatever. And Moss starts going into, that's my that's my ex. He's doing all this. And she says, well, clearly you need psychiatric help and like some serious drugs because you are mentally losing it. But I still hate you, by the way. And I was like, what is... So she yeah. simultaneously needs, like, mental help, you think. Uh, but also, she's terrible for writing a mean email. Like, yeah. it just seemed like yeah. a little, like, you're kind of a shitty sister. A little manufactured <laughs> tension. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That scene, that scene, that dinner scene shocked me. Yeah. You know, I was like... I did because not it, see that coming. Right. Because So we, we have a lot of this movie going on. Uh, and everything's happening like behind her back almost like he's messing with her a little bit but it's mostly like while she's sleeping or while she's alone like he's never really done anything to her around other people right well I believe at that point he's he's hit the girl yeah he hit the girl but, so yeah yeah um, and so but at this point we we also think that she got away from him like did she did, lost him and got oh, away oh I never thought point. that I but I did think like, I thought, I assumed he was there in the yeah. restaurant as soon as they met, but I did not think he's going to kill, kill me. Kill me, yeah. I didn't think he'd have it. And it was so fast. Yeah. Very sudden. Yeah. Like, there was, what I think Lee Winnell did great there, he didn't indicate it at all. No. Like, like throughout a lot of this movie, there is a lot of, like, you watching for, like, little tiny, like, clues, things moving around, stuff like that, that yeah. indicates, like, something's a about to happen. Like, a floorboard right. or something, yeah. This, at this point... Not a, not a single indication that that was about to happen. Not yeah. like a knife wobbling on the table. Not like no, very a quick. brush of her hair. Just like very suddenly like whoosh. Yeah. And it was done. And yeah. It was super shocking. I'm very effective for sure. No, I agree. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, um, here's another nitpick. I'm still, I feel like I'm just doing nitpicks. But... There's small things. Like there's yeah. lots of little things here, but like it doesn't affect the overall experience of the film. film. Yeah, yeah, still a fun film. Just things that I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> at the end of the film, when she does get revenge on him mm-hmm. and she ends up uh, putting on the suit herself and killing him and mm-hmm. then making it look like she was just as freaked out and all that. But then she just leaves. She just like walks out. I'm like, well, you just called the cops. They're definitely going to get there and be like, wait, where did the woman go who called this in? Oh, she just walked away triumphantly? Um, <laughs> I feel like we might want to question her. <laughs> like... This is that same woman who was saying this guy was hunting her down for days, right? And we thought she was crazy. Yeah, I think we're gonna go question her. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Not to mention, yeah, not to mention, like, here's something that I found nitpicky about that scene. Yeah. So she goes, she, she, they're eating dinner together, and she's like, she's, she's got a bug on her, a wire, uh-huh. and she's trying to get him to confess to being the person that was in the suit. Yeah. Terrorizing her, killing people, all that stuff, and he 
is denying it, denying it, denying it. But then he comes up to her and he, he whispers uh, the word, the trigger, her trigger word, which has been throughout the whole movie, which is surprise. Yeah. You know, he's been telling, he's been doing that the whole movie, dropping that word, surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh-huh. And so he says it to her, which to her confirms it's, it's been him, right? I mean, I don't think she ever had a doubt. I don't think so either. Yeah. But that's all she needed, right? To like, like I got him kind of thing. Um, then she goes in to... He had, so he has to have three suits. No, I think she, she went and got the one that she had hit earlier. Right, but so... The brother was... Right. The, he made his brother wear his suit that he right. had been wearing, which probably stank. Yeah, gross. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, that was the one that she, That's right. That's the one that she, But anyway, so she puts on this suit, comes in, kills him. Fast, way too And fast. also, also, yeah. also, one size suit fits all? Yeah. <laughs> they're, sli- they're like slim fit like that? I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so one size suit fits all, because she's way shorter than he is. For sure. Anyway, so she comes in, yeah, does the deed, makes it look like he kills himself, goes back, takes it off, comes out super quickly, doesn't even look like like she didn't shove herself into a skin-tight suit. Oh, yeah. Like, she looks perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, like, I was like, whoa! I feel like that's... Not even, I, I like, to- in any indication. Totally agree. I, I do feel like it's probably just the director being like, I don't want to spend, like... 15 minutes on this death scene. I'd rather like right. just cheat time here a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, she, that's what, she, she did it. That's <laughs> why, that's why it's like, I think this movie where like sometimes when we talk about nitpicks and small things like that can add up to an experience that ruins a movie, like t- completely takes you For out sure. of it. Yeah. This movie, it's like anytime you see those moments where it's like, okay, there should be shadows here, but you know what? I, I don't care. Cause it's so effective. Anyway. Yeah. Or that she would have taken her way longer to do that. And she would have been like, her hair would have been messed up. But yeah. you know what? I don't care. Like, I'm with her. Yeah. I, this movie has connected me enough to her that I don't care that that's a that's a, a issue. Yeah, it's definitely compelling enough. In yeah. That regard. And so I think where sometimes we we look at movies and it, it, that it's like the reason why those things tank other movies and not some movies is the connection to the character. Yeah. And Elizabeth Moss being such a great performer and giving you such a such a a, a manic and and heart wrenching performance in this film. I think really sells it for me. For yeah, sure. I agree. Awesome. Uh, Justin, on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give this movie? Oh, are we already at rankings? We're not yeah. going to talk about the themes at all? Oh, okay. We can talk about some more themes. I think we, I think we have to talk about the themes. Well, I think we really got, we've just been kind we of touched on them. We touched on them. Uh, very lightly, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, a huge part of this film is uh, talking about kind of the Me Too movement and in particular mm-hmm. gaslighting and how yeah. we see her character commonly get told and I think you know, in the universe of this film, we'd probably agree, like, if someone told you there's an invisible man stalking me and, like, causing all these things to happen, mm-hmm. we'd all be like, okay. But, uh, yeah, we see how she has these this evidence, these facts. The, she really knows what's happening and, and what her experience is. She knows how this man operates, and yet no one believes her. Mm-hmm. No one actually buys in. Um, even at the end, we, we kind of joked about it as a nitpick, but in reality, it's... You know, they say, oh, it has to be the brother. We found his body. And she's saying, no, I'm, I'm telling you, it was him. He's the guy who does this. And still, mm-hmm. uh, no believability. And I wonder what it says that ultimately she has to become the monster, right, to kill mm-hmm. him. Um, I wonder if that's any kind of commentary on uh, one of the critiques that the Me Too movement had was people saying, well, it's too punitive, like, uh, people will say he did something and it's just they're automatically gone. 
Now, the counter to that is, well, for years and years and years, mm. women would say that and they would have, they could have fucking video proof and it'd be like, well, sorry, mm-hmm. no, he's fine. Um, and so I wonder if what that kind of commentary was that she had to become the monster. And really, at the end, she's gaslighting the detective, right? Mm-hmm. She's saying to him like, no, I told you what happened. He killed himself. And you can see this look in his eye like, that's not what happened. And this mm-hmm. look in her eye like, but that's what you're going to say is happening. And mm-hmm. And then it, it even cuts to her like pushing the thing further into her bag. And so mm-hmm. you just see this development of the monster. And I, I wonder, like, what do you think that's about, I guess? Because mm-hmm. it's very deep and kind of nuanced throughout most of the film. And I think that's a very purposeful choice that she becomes the monster. Right. So to speak. And she, she keeps the suit. Like, she could have destroyed the suit or, yeah. or gotten rid of it. But yeah, it very clearly kind of like indicates that, like, she's, she like tucks it away very, like, and it's in her purse. I don't know. It, for me, it felt like p- the potential to use this suit in the future type of thing. I don't know if that's true. It's just the, the the feel I got from it was like very much like this is mine now kind of thing. Okay. Um, but you're right. Uh, I, I yeah. I the way I kind of felt more of these scenes was uh through this idea of like the abuse the abusive relationship, right? And there's definitely the gas the gaslighting going on throughout this whole movie. Um, and I think for me, it's the effect of that deep deep abusive trauma and how it does corrupt and eventually creates a cycle of violence right um i'm sorry i was going going off your face um no yeah uh, yeah uh, it creates this cycle she does have to almost she has to become a murderer to like get away from this this guy Uh um and i it's a really I don't know exactly what it's saying about like the movement per se. It's but it does leave you with a lot of questions of like how dark things can get when there's this cycle of abuse that is being unacknowledged. I mean, thing. yeah, I think the abuse definitely plays into it. Um, to me, like I'm not, I, I don't think it's a critique of the Me Too movement or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think it's more just a representation using it to tell a part mm-hmm. of the story and how the invisible man, right, isn't that a nice metaphor for, like, the patriarchy? And the other mm-hmm. question is, who's actually the invisible person? Mm-hmm. I know, obviously, it's him from what we see, but at the same time, no one is listening to Elizabeth Moss. It's mm-hmm. like she's invisible herself, um, which is how, again, a lot of women have been in these mm-hmm. situations, particularly in the past, and, and probably still to this day. I'm sure there mm-hmm. are still cases where women are saying, this guy did something, and whether it's, uh, well, we're not going to take him to trial, or like, okay, Brock Turner, you get a month. Yeah. Like, go go uh, think about it for five minutes. But if you're nice in there, then we'll give you, you know, like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think that's really a big part of it. And the Invisible Man, too, I, it leads me to think, because a, a big part of it, or a couple lines that come back, at least, are um, when I believe the detective says, hey, he's already dead. Don't let him, don't bring him back yourself mm-hmm. by like focusing on him too much. And then the brother says that later on too, something along those same lines. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I wonder if that is a response to this kind of movement as well, because this probably was a thing in the past saying like, 
hey, well, you're like the one kind of giving power to this. It's almost like victim blaming. Mm -hmm. And of course, again, like the literal, what is happening in the film, these characters, except the brother, don't know that there is actually an invisible man. Right. But uh, in terms of this analogy to the Me Too movement, it is this victim blaming. Like, no, you see, you're giving him power. You dress that way. That's why this is happening. Mm. And I think that's a really interesting... Yeah. Mm. I just oh, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Because at one point, she... She in the movie is asking. I don't. I think I don't know who she's talking to. I don't remember who she's talking, to, but she does ask. Maybe it's even just herself. Like, what did I do to like to like get his gain his? She's asking his yeah. affection. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. She says, "Why like, me?" Yeah, like what? You could have had any woman you she, want. It why almost seems me? like yeah. She like is looking for a reason that like he he is focused so much on her. Like almost like. Blame like he could have anybody that he wanted, you know what I mean, and 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 so she's like uh, early on is blaming herself for like attracting his attention, but she gets over that towards the end, realizing. I didn't see her blaming herself for his attention. Do you? I, I didn't get. Early, that I think early on she talks about when she's talking about their relationship and things like that. She she is still kind of like wrapped up in his being under his thumb a little bit, even though she thinks that he's dead. It's still, there's still is this her thinking it's her fault. Mm -hmm. I actually think a lot of it. And again, part of the invisible man, it's almost like the, I think it's like Adam Smith who has this theory of the invisible hand. And that's mm -hmm. referring to like capitalism, how it just kind of keeps everything moving, even though it's not this entity that we can see mm -hmm. is the invisible man in this sense, like the patriarchy, mm -hmm. because one thing she says about him is, uh, he's not just like trying to make sure I don't go out whenever he wants and things like that. He wants to control how I dress. He wants to control how I speak, what words I use. And then it got to a point where he wanted to control what I was thinking. He'd look at my face and say, I know, like, I think her example was, you can never actually leave me. Mm -hmm. It would never happen. And that was what she was like thinking about in the mm -hmm. moment. And isn't that exactly kind of what the patriarchy has been doing to women and continues to do to women? Mm -hmm. Um, Throughout time, like, hey, no, you can't have abortions. You aren't in control of your own body. Hey, women are supposed to be this certain way. They're supposed to have, uh, you know, a perfect body, and this is the ideal female form. And if you don't have that, then you need to work your way up to it. And women mm -hmm. should be in the kitchen. They should be seen, not heard. Like all that kind of shit. That mm -hmm. uh, maybe it de definitely is not as rampant today, but there are definitely still undertones in our society to the sense that there is this invisible undertone. Right? Mm -hmm. It's a systemic invisible man, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's why I, I really do think this film is fucking genius. And I, I also wonder sometimes with films like this, I'm like... How much of that was intended? Yeah, but I do think it's an exploration. Yeah. Regardless. I don't know if like, I, I, I'm sure I'm reading a lot into it, um, into some of the elements of it, but I do think like a lot of things are planned. The fact that they, that she says he's trying to read the mind of me, mm -hmm. that there is the invisible man. Like, I think that's all a thought out process. And so, yeah, what, what, do, you, what do you think about some of those potential readings? No, I think you're you you have a very very good point. A lot of really awesome uh, 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 references that you're going back to. Like I'd never heard the term the invisible hand. I'd never heard of that before. Mm -hmm. But when you say that, you're it, it's very true. You're right. There's this there's this seems to be this flow of of time and of social consciousness that seems to be going in one direction just naturally by itself. But it how natural is that? that flow you know what I mean how how much is it being influenced by forces be, that we aren't perceiving necessarily and I think I think you're right this film taps into this idea of 
we believe that we're moved that we've moved through a lot of that stuff and that we're getting better but some of those things seem to maybe still be lingering around that we're not that we think isn't there I think but may still be thing. there that's really interesting I didn't even think about it like that but I do think that's interesting is this idea that it reminds me of there's a South Park season where they deal a lot with like PC culture and mm-hmm. there's like a frat that moves in called like the where they're all like PC bros and mm-hmm. so they're all saying the right things but they're still kind of engaging in like insidious behavior mm-hmm. and uh, one of the characters says like what is PC except verbal gentrification we say all the right things but the thoughts and like uh, mm-hmm. actual motives still linger um, and isn't that I think a big part of what we've seen throughout you know really since like I think like 2016 and, and maybe even more so especially I'm kind of relating it now to a different sociological thing but like when Obama was elected everyone mm-hmm. thought like okay cool we're post-racial now right I mean we have mm-hmm. a black president but really, uh, that's what Get Out was explaining. Yeah, it's like, exactly. No, we're not. Like, yeah, that's a cool milestone. But there's like a, right. a lot of this. People s- are saying issues yes. are still existing, and really, like now they're just become become more, like, on um, yeah, more disguised. And it's almost a question in this that's film. Blatant. Like, let's say counter. You know, it would still be tough, but. She tells the detective, let's just say he happened to be like, yeah, I totally believe you. First time. Or like, mm-hmm. okay, let's go check out his place. Like, we'll confirm that he's gone. And then they go in there and they find all the stuff. And he's like, wow, okay, so I do believe you. Um, that would be a completely different story. But mm-hmm. it is this systemic, like, pattern of, of disbelief that's kind of forced upon her. So mm-hmm. in a way, the villains are all around her. Here's one other nitpick I just thought of. When they're in the police station and that guy is shooting all these cops... There's a point where she has a gun right next to her, and he's standing right there, and this thing is like fading in and out, and he's holding up a gun, so she definitely has a sight on her. Oh, and you mean the the, the insane asylum? Yes, yes. Pick up the gun, (laughs) and then she does it at the end. I'm like, you had so much time. Like, I guess we need to get to this third act, but man, it was right there. She wasn't ready yet. Yeah, uh, the script wasn't ready yet. No, she wasn't ready yet. (laughs) Um, but even so, isn't it, uh, just going back to this, like, patriarchy idea, uh, that's what also makes it so interesting that she ends up having to kill Mm -hmm. the invisible man by becoming invisible herself. Mm -hmm. I think there is something there. I mean, you could maybe even make, like, a psychoanalytic reading into this, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm definitely not versed enough to do so. Um, yeah, I, I just, I wonder what the message is there that she had to become the monster to escape the monster. She had to use the, the position onto it, right? Yeah. yeah, she had to use. Well, that's why. That's why I think that's maybe you kind of are hitting on why I think that she might be not intending, but the potential for this film to have us a, a sequel of some sort with this suit being involved somehow, because it does lay this idea of she used. Well, they want that dark universe, right? They they want it bad. Bring Tom Cruise back. <laughs> they want it real bad. And I'm glad that this film like didn't go into like this film was really great. Yeah, can in... you imagine if Tom Cruise walked up to her and was like, "Hey, I got an initiative. I want you to join <laughs> the dark universe." <laughs> I heard about this Invisible Man hunting you down. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's um, run. This this film was really was what they did really well with the trailers we're presenting, where this like high action thriller almost, where like there was yeah, a lot of that vibe, and but, it. it, yeah. it well, the film is really great, and it's very slowly. It's a slow burn that like has these explosions of like very intense violence. Yeah. Right, and it it, it just it plays out so well in that way, and and so like when it gets to that end there where you're like right like she has to assume 
the identity that people have been putting her in the whole movie, right? This idea, like you said, like she she's invisible, like she no one is listening to her. She might as well she's might as well not be there, kind of thing. And, yeah, I mean, and so she has to adopt, like, okay, I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna use that to my advantage, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that is that's an interesting read. I guess I didn't view it as much as I'm going to like now because that reminds me a little bit of Zootopia when mm-hmm. he when Nick says like well everyone's going to see me as a fox I'm just going to be a fox then I'm going to you know be whatever um, and I don't know I for some reason I don't get that vibe to me because to me it's more of a it's her becoming self-reliant it's mm-hmm. her it's not her saying like I'm going to because I think if she was doing that then it, there would have been more of a factor of her hiding it of even when the detective friend comes in she's like yeah he killed himself I, I don't know like um, and playing along with it more but it is this kind of like and it's directly to this guy who now has multiple times disbelieved it we just talked about how mm-hmm. the like despite the fact he now knows she was telling the truth about an invisible fucking man mm-hmm. he still doesn't believe her when she says no it was him it was the guy who owns the optic company mm-hmm. the guy who I told you was manipulative and abusive He's, he still doesn't believe her he still's like well I need to go you know, listen in yeah. and we'll see. We need to prove it. Yeah, and it's and it's not even like there's a difference if he's like, um, okay, look, I believe you, but we need evidence. But he doesn't. He does not. No, say you're right. It. He doesn't. See he's doing that. it almost as a favor for her. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is a difference, I think, where she comes out and she's exerting power on him now. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's no longer this relationship that she's been in throughout the whole movie, which is not powerless, but. Definitely, the power's being influenced against her, mm-hmm. and she's trying to like push against it. Whereas now, it's I have the power. You you saw it. Mm-hmm. He killed himself, and he and he, again, you see it in the guy's eyes. He knows that's not the case, but he also knows I I'm not gonna say anything mm-hmm. because she has the power here. So, yeah, I think that's something interesting that maybe it's almost like a question. I mean, now I'm like digging way too deep, but why not? Um, <laughs> why not? Well, it just reminds me. It makes me think of like. Uh, the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X and Martin Luther King tended to err on the side of like nonviolence is the best mm. route. Malcolm X was kind of like, yeah, if we can, but ultimately we probably need some violence here. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of think that's where she ends up going is this mm-hmm. like, well, you know what? Like I have, this is the only way because mm-hmm. there is no fucking nonviolent way. And I wonder if that is again, kind of an answer to this me too movement, the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's not a way where it's like, well, let's just talk to these rapists and like, Make them see the mm-hmm. error of their ways. Like, that was kind of wrong that you drugged her, huh? Like, no, it's kind of like, no, you need to go fucking rot in a cell. Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein, see you later, buddy. 23 fucking years. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that's uh, just, a, I think that's really interesting. I actually don't know if that's the interpretation that, mm-hmm. that Winnell was going for, but I do think there's just a lot of layers in there to be discussed and to cause discussions, which I think is always yeah. awesome. And, and for a, a February horror movie yeah. you know like it's that's pretty awesome like we don't you don't get these types of movies at this time of year you get things like Brahms The Boy 2 you know things like sure. that yeah, I, don't, I don't know what that is but yeah it's the sequel to The Boy don't know what that is that's fine <laughs> Boy, not Boyhood okay. not Boyhood Manhood not Manhood either but you know we get you get usually around this time of year we, we get these these horror movies and these films that just aren't that deep like every once in a while we'll get like a get it's out or something what they like put that. Out, like in March, films they don't think April, are be that great. Yeah. And, yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think Get Out came out in Mar- in like March. Yeah, like that's usually we start like. the early spring and summers where you start getting these a little bit deeper uh-huh. films. So it was really it was really a surprise, honestly, to get this type of film in like early mid February. I was very happy and excited for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Score out uh, one to ten, Justin. Um, I I'd say um I'd give it. Honestly, I think I'd give it like a. I remember when we first talked about this mm-hmm. in our quick review. I gave it like an. Eight point five mm-hmm. to like nine, and I wondered if maybe that was too high. Mm-hmm. I was um, surprised when you said it, but I, I am think I think I'm still going to stick with a nine because I really do mm-hmm. find it a very enjoyable experience. And again, like I think there's so much in there mm-hmm. to be discussed, and it is open ended. I think there's a discussion to be had for what is what it, I, I really think that ending is ambiguous. What mm-hmm. does it mean that she kept the suit that she? has now flipped it. Is it this power play? Is there something else? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think throughout a lot of the film, there's a lot of interesting conversation to be had from it, which is what I want from film. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say, um, I'd say like, you know, probably between 8.5 and 9. Mm-hmm. That's, maybe like even 8 and 9. Somewhere between that, I can't really place it. Um, maybe when I rewatch it, I'd have a better sense of like, long term how mm-hmm. I view it. But, yeah, that's what I'm going by you. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I remember when we did a quick review, you said like eight and a half, nine. I was very surprised at how high that yeah, was. Yeah, you gave like a one? No. I gave it a seven and a half. Uh, and actually, um, after talking about it and thinking about it more over the last couple weeks, I am actually going to raise that score yeah. um, to an eight. Okay. Um, I think it is a really great movie. It it satisfies your, your thriller itch. It satisfies your horror movie itch, your sci-fi itch. It satisfies your like human drama itch, oh. acting and directing, like... Anybody who comes to this movie with like a certain perspective, I think, can appreciate this movie and be taken away with the experience of it. Um, and I think, and then obviously the conversation afterwards of like the more deeper themes of this film is also, I think, really valuable. Yeah. Um, I so agree. it definitely over the last couple of weeks of thinking about it and talking with you about it, I think that score has gone up to a nice solid eight, which I think is a great movie. Yeah. Um, but it is a movie that I think is like over time may not age well and may like I don't know I don't know I, I, I feel like it still will because it's the same way I look at like uh, at least in terms of a theme that maybe hopefully down the line mm-hmm. won't be as relevant hopefully the patriarchy will, will not really be a thing and mm-hmm. then everything will be better but I still think uh, you know something like Schindler's List like mm-hmm. that's still a relevant film oh, in yeah. terms of its message and things like that and uh, wow! Not compa- not could, not <laughs> I was like, you're putting the Invisible Man up. No, no, I'm just saying the fact that like that's a, a message kind of about Nazis, yeah. and, and like that's a very important thing, and I think that is still relevant, yeah. um, even as we look back. And so I think this will have some kind of lasting power in that mm-hmm. sense. And this, this is a cultural moment that oh, we're yeah. in. The Me Too movement for sure is, and so I do think. Um, I don't even know if it's getting hailed as anything like that, but oh, it's it it's not. Should. But it's got great review. Like the reviews are fantastic for it. And it's made of quite a bit of money. It's des- deserved success for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and it's like I like for me, I don't give out eights a lot. Like for me, like eights are great, great movies. Yeah, I think the last one you give to was uh, the Emoji Movie. No, <laughs> nines are like fantastic movies, and tens yeah. are like for movies that I'm like I can't find anything wrong with this movie type of thing. Like this movie made what's, me perfect. What's an example of a ten for you? Gosh, uh, Manchester by the Sea. No, no. Uh, um, Return of the King. No, Fellowship of the Ring. I would. I don't know. I don't even know if I have any tens. Wow, uh, what a dick. I, I just. It's, well, it's hard <laughs> no for me. No one's like, good enough for Ricky. It's hard for me to be like this movie's perfect, um, uh, but I do acknowledge when I love a movie, and I think like six to sevens are. are 
good, enjoyable movies that I think have some issues here, but I enjoy. Like, sevens to eights, are, I think, are really good, solid movies, and anything above an eight is, like, a great movie. Yeah. So, uh, eight's a great score for me. Okay. Um, Justin, any, uh, I don't think, I don't really have one. Um, Joe Grizzly. Yeah, any Joe Grizzlies? Um, no, I don't think I do. Um, they kind of tie everybody up that I really care, like, care to see. I guess the waiter <laughs> at the restaurant. <laughs> They're being so they mean really to them. I wanted him to be a comedic bit, and it just wasn't. I was just yeah. like, this is just, I feel like this is just fluff. Like, is this movie, how long is this movie? Did they need to extend it by like two minutes? And they were like, let's fucking throw this waiter scene in. Because they're even, they don't even cut to his face yeah. multiple times. I felt so bad for the actor. I was like, this guy probably was like, I'm going to see Elizabeth Moss. This is crazy. I had like multiple lines. And it's like this comedic thing. Guys, check it out here. Like, oh, they cut away. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back. Don't worry. I have another line. Uh, yeah, but don't worry. Because like here, this is an important part. It's like it's like the third one. You know, they hit that button. And it, yeah, they don't show me again. Okay. <laughs> no, like, that I felt so bad. Yeah, like, like this poor guy, man. I, I, That's I, I, was bummer, so. uh, I kind of have a like a Justin, a very Justiny answer to this. Uh, typically, I don't go to these types of characters, but like one of the the guards at the asylum that like lives. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to see how their life continues from from there on. Oh, yeah. Like, like that, how that affects them, because like like we were talking about like this idea of like trauma haunting you kind of thing like there is an idea of like this guy by becoming this invisible man has affected a lot of people's lives from here on out true i i feel like I, you know i've never been in a situation where an invisible man attacked me but um, <laughs> you haven't no i thought that's um, something everybody's been through. but i do feel like I, I feel like i'd feel less trauma and more just like what the fuck <laughs> like, how is how is that a thing like you know, it would really be. They didn't train us for this. Did they train you for this? They didn't train us for this. We're like, just like, a, how the fuck did that happen? Like, um, I, I do want to give another shout out really quick to the this one scene in the film. It's after he's supposedly died, and she has money coming from his account, and she set up like this college fund for uh, the girl, and has bought this ladder for the dad, and it's like the, one of those like very typical cliche like oh, everything's happy scenes, mm-hmm. but it's actually done very well. And very honestly, and it's like nuanced enough that I didn't feel what I normally do during those scenes, which is just kind of a, yeah, I get it. A little they're bit all, of they're, Ooh, oh my gosh, everything's great. That like, over, like, overly saccharine. Thank God there's not an invisible man trying to kill us right yeah. now, right guys? Like, that overly sweet sentimentality. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it was very... I felt yeah, she got him a ladder. I think a lot of that was Elizabeth Moss, too. I think she really, she's just such a good actress. I think she's selfless. Yeah, what an awesome choice for her for the, to pick this movie. Because, yeah. like, I think... Uh, like having a different actress lead this movie could have caused it to like fall into that like ch- feeling like that cheap horror type of thing like essentially all right guys thank oh. you for listening in we'll see you next time on the love watch podcast peace bye hey everybody just a little post podcast note we are going to be reviewing there will be blood on the next episode so if you want to watch along that's the movie to watch we'll see you next time thanks for listening mm-hmm.